This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. I want to just uh, celebrate all the fathers here uh, this morning. God bless you men, um, especially uh, the ones that have uh, chosen to be followers of Jesus. You know, there's really no other, there's no other higher calling than for you to be a father who is discipling those that God has privileged you to have an influence uh, within their lives. And, uh, you know, the Scripture tells us that the righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. And the reality is, you know, when you decide to be a follower of Christ, and you, you take the lead and you lead the way, your children, they maybe can't quite appreciate it at the time, but I tell you what, they ought to thank God for you because I'll tell you this much about it, they need your example. And so praise God, we wanna give a big old shout out to all of the guys. Why don't we just, uh, you know, if you're a, well now I won't, let, I won't make you stand up because there's a whole bunch of dads. Let's give them a great big hand, praise God, thank God. Even those of you that may be watching by the internet, we appreciate you being with us here this morning too. We're gonna have a good time in the Lord, amen? Praise God. Happy, happy, happy Father's Day, glory to God. All right, let's open our Bibles. Uh, to Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. Mark, chapter 4. We're going to be concluding a series of um, messages that I've been sharing uh, for the last couple of weeks with regard to being at peace in the midst of the storm. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that as a believer and child of God, you can be that way? Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Jesus taught us, hallelujah, not to be afraid, to fear not. Hallelujah. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning within this brief period of time that we have here today. Let's pray together and we'll just prepare our hearts to receive this morning. Father, we love you so much. And we do thank you for the privilege to be in your presence today. And Father God, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And I thank you, Lord, not only is, are you here, but you're in us. I mean, if nothing else ever happened, thank God we'd know, praise God, that you are in us. And so we thank you, Father God, for your presence. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your mercy and goodness. Now for these few moments, Father, that we have, we break the bread of life, the word of God. And Father God, you said that we would know the truth and the truth would make us free. So I thank you, Lord God, for the Spirit of God in us and the revelation knowledge that comes from heaven to help us understand what it is you want us to know. And I want to thank you, Father God, that for anyone that may be discouraged or in despair or distress, the people that are afraid and filled with anxiety and worry that when this service is over, they will never have to do that again. And so I just thank you, Father God, for your blessing in every one of our lives. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, we honor you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, if you've been with us and talking about, you know, being at peace in the midst of the storm, in other words, living carefree. Now, you know, uh, some people uh, think that that's, you know, a little bit beyond or over the top as far as a possibility. You know, Paul wrote and he said in the last days, perilous times will come. In another place, he said that the Spirit speaks with concern or expressly that in the latter days, you know, people will depart from the faith. So there are a lot of things, or many, it says, actually, uh, some, actually some, will depart from the faith. And so, you know, we've all uh, unfortunately experienced that. We've seen it in the lives of people. But at the same time, thank God, that doesn't have to be the case with us. Aren't you glad for that? Now, we can stay faithful. How many of you know God's faithful? And he wants us to be faithful, and we can be. It's a matter of choice. It's a matter of decision. It's a matter of believing. Aren't you glad, praise God, that when Jesus made the decision to come to this earthbound existence, that he was willing to stay? When it got hot in the kitchen, he didn't leave. He didn't take up and say, you know what? I didn't sign up for this. No, he stayed. And he gave his life, praise God. And he was faithful to the one who called him. And he calls you and I to be faithful. And praise God, with the Holy Ghost that lives in us, we can do it. Everybody say, I can do it. 
I tell you what, praise God, you got the Spirit of God on the inside of you as a believer, and you're able. Hallelujah. You know? And so everybody say it together. I have his power. Say it again. Yes, you have his power. And so you can do, praise God, what it is that he's called us to do. And I mentioned this before, and it's true that the storms of life, they come to all of us. You know, it's inescapable. I mean, I don't care if you're an adolescent, you know, a, a child, you know, that's trying to work through relationships in a, in a school classroom, or if you're an adult, you know, or maybe you've been down the road 65, 70, 80 years. We're all going to have to deal with different storms of life that come to us socially and economically and relationally, culturally. You know, we're dealing with all kinds of nonsense. And financially, sometimes health concerns, storms that come in a variety of different ways. And then, of course, there's the cares of this life. You know, am I, am I being a good dad? Am I being a good mom? Am I this? Am I that? Am I whatever? Well, thank God we have his word. And if we learn to follow the path that he has given, the counsel that he has given, where his word is concerned, then praise God, you know, we can rejoice and we don't have to care. You know, uh, when uh, <clears throat> one of the writers was writing, said, be careful for nothing. The Amplified says, never be anxious about anything. Well, there you go. That'll give you something to work on. How many of you think maybe that might be a possibility in Christ? Amen. And so we can sure do that. Glory to God. And of course, you know, all the fears that we live with in the world, you know, um, that assault the human mind, insufficiencies, and, you know, am I sufficient, or inadequacies, all of these things. But thank God, glory to God, in Him we can trust, in Him we can be at rest, in Him we can be at peace, glory to God. Even in our failures, you know, how many of you know nobody's perfect, huh? You know, <laughs> um, uh, unfortunately, uh, there's some fallibility with men and women. But thank God, God is gracious and he's good. He knew that we were going to screw up before we screwed up. And yet he was still merciful. You know, he told his disciples on the night in which he was betrayed, he said, before the night's over with, all of you will run for the hills. You'll scatter. And they go, oh, no, 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 no. Uh-uh, we're with you all the way. Well, guess what happened? They all ran for the hills. Now, Peter and some of the rest of them, you know, they hung on for a little bit. But by the time that Peter had denied him three times, you know, then all of a sudden he walked off into the darkness too. But, you know, God didn't give up on those men. After Jesus was resurrected, you know, he said, you tell the disciples I'll see them in Galilee, just like I said, and tell Peter that I'll see him. Glory to God. Aren't you glad for the mercy of God? and his goodness toward all of us. Glory to God. There's a place he wants us to go. There's a place he wants to take us. There's a divine destiny that's on our lives. So we don't quit. We don't give up. We don't faint. We don't lose heart. We keep on keeping on. Glory to God. And yes, we may make some mistakes, but thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So we'll just keep going and obeying the Holy Ghost. You know, Jesus taught us that we didn't have to fall victim to or yield to the threats that seem to be so prevalent that are around us within the world if we are equipped with accurate, everybody say accurate, if we are equipped with accurate knowledge. The truth is what sets people free. <clears throat> the Bible says that fear has torment. Fear is one of Satan's greatest devices, weapons, or schemes that he uses to try to move people into the position that he wants for them. But thank God we don't have to be afraid. Glory to God. And so it's important for us to understand that if we're equipped with accurate knowledge, then glory to God, we can deal with whatever it is that comes our way. And secondly, you know, we have to choose. Everybody say choose. You have to choose to have a confident trust toward and in God. Hallelujah. Paul, the apostle, said, I know in whom I have believed. You need to know who it is that you believe. Because the pressures of life, the storms of life, they will challenge you. You will be challenged. 
But thank God, glory to God, you can pass the test. Can you say amen? So we have to choose to have a confident trust in or towards God when it comes to the matters that you and I deal with. Now our text here in Mark chapter uh, 4 and verse 35 is a familiar story. Jesus was often, you know, um, uh, obtaining uh, shipping to go to the other side of Galilee so that he could preach the gospel. And that's what happened in this verse. Notice in verse 35, the same day when the evening was come, he said to his disciples, let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took Jesus even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Hallelujah. That's right. Hallelujah. Now, you know, if you and I were the 13th disciple, and we were in that circumstance with them, I have to believe that our response would pretty much be the same. I think we'd all be, quote unquote, in the same boat. We'd be saying... Dear God, we're going to die. Now, these disciples, you know, I'm sure they were familiar with Galilee. They fished at night, you know, so there was a familiarity, you know, that's associated with it. But for whatever reason, well, the reason was obvious. The devil is always forever trying to take out anybody that loves Jesus. Amen? And so was the case in this circumstance. But the interesting thing about it is, is that Jesus expressed a disappointment in his disciples. And obviously, there was a different expectation that he had of them. Would you all agree with that? He turned to him after it was over, and he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So, so something within the history of these men with him, what it is that he had taught them, the things that he had done or demonstrated, somehow or another, led him to a different conclusion where these men were concerned. You understand where I'm coming from. So he was disappointed. Now, when you think about this, you know, uh, first of all, we could ask ourselves, well, what did Jesus do? We're talking about being at peace in the midst of a storm. When he woke up, he wasn't thinking, dear God, you should have got me up a little sooner. You know, there was nothing of that nature in terms of the response that, that Jesus had, he just dealt with the circumstance and he dealt with it by speaking to the cause or the source of the storm. Now that's an interesting thought. But the reality is, is that there are things that come to us or are often imposed in our lives that are not from heaven that God would have us to address as well. My wife and I, very often, we live up on a, a, a pretty fair uh, hill, and we look down over a valley, and it's beautiful and all this, and we're up there on that knob, man, and I mean, the wind can get to blowing, and sometimes, you know, we'll be watching television, and they'll say, well, there's this squall, you know, that's coming, and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I mean it is almost uh, uh, by rote, without any, you know, encouragement whatsoever that we will say, it shall not come nigh me or us. Hallelujah. And the other one will say amen. And, you know, praise God, because we believe the word of God. Amen. These things aren't meant, you say, well, you just can't do that. Well, we do. We do. If I had a video, I have actually a video showing a, 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 a tornado coming to destroy our house. 
And I got out there and I spoke to that thing in the name of Jesus and it went back up in the clouds. You say, well, that was just a coincidence. You call it whatever you want, I still got my house. Because the thing went up and it went right back down and I don't think my uh, uh, Steve Winchell is here this morning, but uh, he's a witness to it because he was out there playing with my kids. He was there with Greg. And uh, the thing came right back down and was on the, uh, well, I can't explain all that. But anyway, here it was, sitting there twirling around. I said, no, you are not coming here. And it went two miles up the valley and destroyed a farmstead and a whole bunch of other stuff. Now, Jesus told these disciples, well, he, again, he was disappointed in their response because they were fearful. God has not given you the spirit of fear. So I don't know what the circumstance might be. It may be financial. It may be a health thing. But the immediate response for so many people is always fear. Instead of responding to it in a biblical kind of way and say, honey, you know, praise God, we've got a little something that we have to deal with. Aren't you glad, praise God today, that we're not alone in our battle? Amen. You know, I'm not denying the existence of the problem that we have in our life, but I am saying that there are two different ways that you can respond to it. And again, there was an expectation on the part of Jesus that we would respond in a biblical, faith-filled kind of way because we're children of the Most High God. He's our Father. It's Father's Day today, and praise God, I'm so glad to know that God will take a father's place and that he will keep us and sustain us if we believe. Now, it's not going to be that way for everybody because a lot of folk don't believe. But you can sure believe the Word of God because he is faithful, glory to God, to everything that he has said. So it is the expectation of our Heavenly Father that we grow in our confidence and our faith toward Him as we walk with Him. You know, you got to kind of get started, you know, it's like a child. We got a brand new grandson, you know, and uh, there isn't too much he knows, and he didn't move for a couple days, and all of a sudden, you know, he starts flailing around and, you know, moving his legs and doing all this, you know, he's growing. And God wants you to grow too. I'm not expecting, nor is God expecting you to be perfect from the date of your birth. But there is an expectation that he has for us as we walk down through this journey, a process to where you and I are growing, everybody say growing, in our confidence, hallelujah, toward him. Why? Because we're becoming more acquainted with who he is and his nature and his character. We're learning that God is a good God. Are you with me? And so that when we get into these circumstances, you know, as we've walked this thing out, that we have a history with him, and that, of course, that history is helping us to deal with the things that we deal with in life. Now, there's another story about Jesus getting in a boat, getting on the, on the lake, you know, and there he goes, you know. And the, and the disciples were all stirred up because they forgot to, you know, take provision for the trip. And they were saying, man, dude, we forgot the bread, you know. Jesus is in a completely different frame of mind, and he turns to his disciples, and he tells them to be careful. He said, be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. The Pharisees represented the religious community. Herod re uh, represented the political community. And you know, both of those communities have doctrine. They have teaching. They have ideology. They have certain ways of thinking. We see it right now going on big time. And Jesus said, be careful of that teaching. Now, you know, they're still in another place. You know, give them a break, okay? They don't know how to take this guy. He just stood up in the bow of the boat and told the thing to be still, and it was, freaked him out. You know, so they're, they're, they're trying to get a grip on what's going on. So on, a, on this other occasion, the same thing happens. They're in the boat. Jesus is teaching them, warning them, actually, about what the doctrine or ideologies of uh, political circumstances and even religious ones can do in your life. There are a lot of different religions in the world beyond Christianity, and there's all kinds of people that have fell in, uh, have 
fallen prey to the nonsense and the inaccuracies and the, 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 the non-existence of good foundational kinds of truth. And they're messed up. You know, you'll bump into them once in a while. You know, all of a sudden, they, you know, they, they come off with this vibe. You know, they're, you know, all fired up about God only knows what. You know, I was standing by this tree the other day, man, and I got this really good feeling. You know, something about them trees. Yeah, it's a tree, and it grows. As long as it's water and gets sun, you know, it's going to be all right. But this whole vibe thing that you got off that tree, um, maybe you had the wrong kind of pizza the night before. This is wild what people believe. Thank God. Everybody say, thank God for the Word of God. You got to stay with the Word or else you could end up in, well, a lot of different places. Back to the disciples and the provision thing. So thinking about natural leaven, he's talking about the doctrine or the theology of the Pharisees and the and Herod. He finally figured out uh, they're not listening to what it is I'm saying. Well, they're not getting it. And they said, well, be, he's telling us this because we didn't take any bread. You know? And when, again, he, he recognizes or realizes where they're at in the thing, all of a sudden he just stops and goes, you've got to be kidding me. In other words, another disappointment. And, 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 and here's his line of thinking. He said, why... Are you so stirred up about whether or not you got bread or not? And what he then does is he said, you know, when we fed the 5,000, he goes back in their history. He said, when we fed the 5,000, how many baskets did you take up? They said, well, 12. He said, when we fed the 4,000, how many baskets did you take up? And they said, well, seven. And he says, so, and he didn't say it quite this way, but it's like, don't you remember? How is it that you, you don't remember what it is? In other words, what he's doing in the, in the context of this is, is that he's addressing their reasoning, huh? He's addressing the way that they think. How many of you know God wants you to think differently? He wants you to think according to his plan and not the plan of the world in which we live in. Are you with me? He's addressing their reasoning that was essentially unaffected by their history with him. In other words, they had forgotten. Do you know how many times in the Bible it tells us don't forget? Do you know how many times it admonishes us remember, remember, remember? Remember, remember. Why? Because all of the times that you remember are the things that will assist you in your future. Because this is what God did for us. So again, let me say that he was addressing their reasoning that was unaffected by their history with him. So I say this to you. Guess what? You got a history with him. Don't you? Don't all of you have some type of a history with Jesus, with God, you know, if you're a child of God, and he intends that those encounters or that history that you have with him be kept or be held on to or be remembered so that when the storms of life show up again, you can say, glory to God, he was with me then and he will be with me now. Are you listening to me? I use a story about David, but it's a perfect one. Here's a 17-year-old kid, and he says, hey, I'll go fight Goliath. Saul says, you're, you're a kid. You can't do this. And this is what he did. He says, you know, king, he says, I was out taking care of my father's sheep, and a bear came and took one of them. And I didn't run. I didn't cut and run. I went after him, and I killed the bear. And on another occasion... I was out there, and there was a lion that came, and praise God. <laughs> he said, I didn't cut and run. I went after him, and I killed him. And he said, this uncircumcised Philistine, what's he doing? 
He's rehearsing his past victories and what it is that God had done for him. Are you listening to me? And I tell you, my friends, you need to do the same thing. You need to think about God in his salvation and saving grace. When he saved your life and took you out of the sin and the tyranny of it and how he delivered you and set you free. And for many of you, he filled you with the Holy Ghost. And others, your financial mess was all jacked up and God delivered you in that. And some of you were sick and God made you whole. You need to remember what it is that God has done for you so that next time you'll be able to declare that the same God that did that then is going to do it again today. Are you listening to me? You need to go home. Get your journal. Start thinking about the things that God has done for you. Write them down. And get excited. Glory to God. You know, God is really merciful. Did you know that? He's putting up with all of us. You know? When you think about it, I mean, when, when he told uh, Israel that he was going to deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians. There was 10 different things, plagues that came upon the Egyptians and not one of them touched the people of God. Not one of them. And with a mighty hand, as the Bible says, he delivered them out. He did all of these things. And so he's wanting, 11 day journey took them 40 years. That's what unbelief will do. They were stiff-necked, the Bible says. What's that mean? Stubborn. If you've got any tendencies towards that, you might want to change that quickly. Huh? And the Bible says that they limited, the psalmist of old said they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited what it is that God wanted to do in their life, and it was because of, he said, they, you see that they entered not in because of unbelief. Unbelief is a killer. So, you know, if you got people that are negative around you and, they, and, uh, and they're always talking ugly, dude, you either need to affect them or get away from them. Are you with me? You don't need their help. You say, is that right? It's absolutely right. Do you know how many times Jesus cleared the room before he performed a miracle? and set the captive free. You know, with Jairus' daughter, that's a, that's a, that is a classic text to where people, you know, I mean, they just, they stopped going with him. He, he got rid of them. Remove them. I was, telling, I was preaching to my wife over coffee here Thursday morning or whenever it was, <clears throat> And I was reading through this text, and basically I was preparing for, for this morning, when Jesus said, ask, and it'll be given to you, seek, and you'll find, knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asks receives, and everything, everybody that uh, knocks, or whoever seeks, finds, and whoever knocks, it's open to them. And then, and then he reasons and asks the question, or what man is there or father among you if his son were to ask for something of, an, of a sustenance, something that would benefit them or help them, that he would give them a stone or a serpent or something of that. He said, if you then, being natural or evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? I tell you what, we do not have this right when it comes to the nature of our father. We just don't know how really good he is. And you know, religion and all of this other nonsense, it, it preaches against the goodness of God in the life of a believer. So don't you ever believe it for a moment because he gave his best so that you could be free and know the power that is in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And you gotta be strong about it. Because if you're not, the devil will defeat you. Amen. Say, well, you know, I just want to be nice. You don't be nice when you're dealing with the devil. 
or the people that are being used by him. Christianity's got such a bad rap because we're just supposed to kind of, you know, pussyfoot around and be nice. You know, if you have something come in your house and it threatens your life or your children, you ain't going to just be nice. You're going to find a club and you're going to start rat-a-tat-tatting on the top of their noggin. If, if you have anything within you. So anyway, back to this story about Jesus saying, ask and you'll receive, and what man, you know, how much more will your father, which is in having good good things to them, that I, I, was, I was reading, I said, you know, because one of the things about Bible ter- interpretation is that you should always interpret the Bible in the context of what's being said or spoken. Well, in this <clears throat> uh, moment that I was sharing with Joan about some of these things, it didn't really carry that necessarily. There was, um, and, and here's the whole thing. He said, this is interesting. He said, um, what did he say, Jeff? Um, he said, well, I'm going to read it, praise God. If I could get started, I'd be all right. Don't, don't give something to the dogs. Yeah, you know what? Why just mess it up? This is what he said. Uh, <clears throat> he said, give not that which is holy. That's what I was trying to come across. <laughs> don't give that which is holy unto the dogs. You know, Jesus called that Syrophoenician woman a dog. Well, what do you, why did he do that? Well, she wasn't part of the inheritance of Israel, but she still got her need met. She said, you know, that's true, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. Woo! Glory to God. She got her portion. But don't give that which is holy unto dogs. And then it says, neither cast your pearl before pigs. Now, I don't know if you thought about this or not, but he's not talking about literal dogs or literal pigs. You say, well, how can you say that about people? Doesn't God love everybody? He does. But you know, not everybody loves God. And not everybody's used as an instrument of God. And so he's just saying, you know, when you see that they're not open to what it is that you're sharing, don't even waste your time. You say, can you do that? Absolutely. Because there are some people that will mock and criticize you and, and speak disparagingly of you. Don't even waste your time. Jesus didn't. You know, that's the thing. You know, in religious circles, you know, we think of Jesus as being this pious whatever, you know, and, and I, I don't even know. You need to get your mind renewed. Are you with me? He said, don't cast your pearls, that which is of value, to to pigs, to the swine, lest they trample the preciousness of what it is you possess under their feet and then turn and rend you or attack you. Are you with me? Jesus was not foolish, and you shouldn't be either. We're living in perilous times. Are you with me? I did a funeral in this church. When I got done, one of my family members, a distant cousin, and uh, we, you know, of course, hadn't seen any, each other for a long time. And so we were all going to have um, lunch together. So we went to this sit down. And I don't know, there might have been 12 or 13. But she decided she was going to make sure and park right across the table from me. Because she had an agenda. And she was a liberal, you know what I mean. And uh, she was after me. I've been aftered uh, a few times. <laughs> you know. And I tell you what, when you get into those circumstances, the best thing you can do is just walk away and just say nothing. And basically what I told her is I said, obviously you have no interest in listening to what I have to say. You're only interested in telling me what you think. So we're done with the conversation. You know? 
One time my wife and I were invited to go to a dinner for lunch at a couple's house. And it was, unbeknownst to us, it was a, it was a setup because we were the ones that were going to be the lunch. <laughs> I tell you what, it's a good thing sometimes that I'm a child of God or I would kick the hell out of some people. You say, can you say that? Hey, I'm a natural guy just like you. But see, when you start chewing on my wife, I mean, I could take it, but when you start chewing on my wife, buddy, then we're in a different mode. I may have to go, you know, it's kind of like the saying, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. I may have to go do something with my heavenly father because I made a mistake. Fortunately, I didn't do that at this time, but I was that close. Because the whole issue had to do with someone that this group had been praying for and they died. And I believe that in the same way that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, obviously, that isn't going to happen. But that's the will of God for all to be saved, right? And I also believe and we preach that it is the will of God for everyone to be healed. Now, is everyone going to be healed? No. But that doesn't dismiss the theology or the good or the sound doctrine with regard to God's will in the matter. This person died. Well, I'm the preacher. I'm supposed to have all the answers. And I don't always have all the answers. I mean, you know, it's hard to say. Maybe they didn't meet the conditions. I don't know. But boy, they were pressing me and pressing me and pressing me and pressing me. And the, and, and the thing was, what was so cool about it is these scriptures are coming out of my mouth. I'm thinking, in my other mind, I'm thinking, I didn't even know I knew that. Oh, wow, that's really good. You know, I mean, you know, when Jesus said, don't worry about how you'll answer when they, you know, it was literally, you guys, it was literally happening in my life and in hers. And I felt really so badly for her, you know, because, um, woo, going back there makes me want to shout. Anyway, <clears throat> so this stuff is coming out of my mouth. And finally, you know, they just kept, kept at it. And finally, it just rose up on the inside of me. And I said, listen, and it was a little bit stronger than what I'm going to tell you right now. But I said, uh, I don't know why. It's not my responsibility to know. But I want you to know that God sent his son to redeem us so that by his stripes we could be healed. And we got up and hit the road. Woo! There's, there's a lot of folk out there that have teeth. Did you know that? And so you've got to be careful about, you know, what's going on. But here, don't let, it, <laughs> don't let it bother you. Don't let it face you. You just keep on keeping on. Amen. You say, well, whatever happened to all them people? Well, I'm friends with all of them. You know, I mean, I don't hang out with them or anything of that nature. But, I mean, you know, we have an amiable. You know, sometimes you can, you know, choose to... <laughs> disagree, you know, even though you don't agree. Hallelujah. How did I get here? Well, anyway. Oh, I was talking about Israel. You remember Israel? Back there when God delivered them out of Egypt? And they had all them plagues? None of them were touched by it. So God takes them out with a mighty hand. You know, they go through the Red Sea is on dry ground. I mean, this God that we serve is bending over backwards to get these people to believe him. So they send the 12 spies out. And the 12 spies go out. And they said, hey, man, the land is everything God said it was. But, and now here we go. And 10 of them, the Bible says, brought up an evil report. And the people's heart began to melt because of what it is that they heard and chose to believe. Because Josh and Caleb stood up and said, hey, 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 let's go at once, for we are well able. If God is with us, then he'll put us over. Yeah. 
And they said, no, he won't. And God said, I will judge you out of your mouth. Listen, you better be careful about the stuff you let come out of your mouth about God and what you don't believe. He said, you've been talking about dying in the wilderness. Guess what? That is exactly what you're going to do. And they did. They all died. I bet you Josh and Caleb were sitting around going, my God, how many more is left of that generation? I wish they'd die so we could go on. And finally, eventually, they all did. So I'll bet you anything, oh, Josh and Caleb stood up and said, whoa, hey, come on now. We, we have a discourse between Joshua and Caleb. He said, I was, I was 45 years old when God sent me or when Moses sent me into that land. He says, I'm now 85, and I am yet as strong today as I was then for war. He said, so praise God, give me that mountain. Oh, I like that guy. The Bible says he had another spirit, that of a conqueror, that of a victor, that of a winner, that of a believer. One, praise God, who trusts in God. That's who you want to hang out with. Go find some of them people. Go find all the doubters and the unbelievers and the naysayers and everybody else that tell you 45 million reasons why the Word of God doesn't work, isn't true, and won't work for them. That is not who you want to hang out with. You know, when I'm in the midst of a storm, I need somebody that's going to come up alongside me and say, listen, I don't know exactly what we need to do here, but I tell you what, God is for you, and he's going to put you over, and we're going to do what we can to help you make it happen. That's what I need. You know, when your kids are discouraged because they're getting beat on by the world, they need you to come alongside them, dads, moms, and stand up and believe God and say, let's pray. Woo! Because I'll tell you what, prayer changes things. A lot of folk, they don't believe in prayer. So though others may choose not to believe in God's faithfulness to them, that doesn't have to be the case with you. Everybody say it together, God is faithful. faithful. He is faithful. Hallelujah. Josh and Caleb are great examples. I've already talked about that. It's so important, everyone, listen. It is so important for you to remember and to rehearse the things that your heavenly Father has done for you. Huh? You need to remember how he delivered you, how he set you free when you were in a dire uh, case and God turned your captivity and brought blessing into your life. Are you with me? Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Y'all doing okay? 2 Timothy chapter 2. Hallelujah. Now, you probably won't get this message just everywhere that I'm preaching to you this morning. But hopefully it'll be a blessing to you and help you. Praise God to keep on keeping on. Amen. You know, when Jesus comes, I want us all to be uh, hear this, the same thing. Well done. Thou good and... What is that word? That, that, say it again. Faithful. That means you don't cut and run. Now look at this verse of Scripture here. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Did I tell you chapter 2? Maybe I didn't. Chapter 2. Let's start with verse 8. Now, before we read this, before the reading, let me preface this. This, this second letter that, that Paul wrote to Timothy, you, you have to understand this, this, ki- this guy, he's probably a guy now, but I was going to say kid, but he's discouraged and he is alone, and he's probably afraid. I mean, if you want to get right down to it, actually, my wife and I walked the streets where Timothy was martyred in Ephesus. And so he's, he's fighting a good fight of faith, but I'm telling you what, there's enemies on every side. So Paul writes this letter, and he says, hey, 
There was a faith in your mother and grandmother. I know it's in you too. And God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so he's going down and he's encouraging this guy, you know. And we get down into the second chapter. And uh, for the sake of time, he said in verse 7, he said, Consider what I say, and the Lord give you understanding in all things. I love Paul. Oh, I love Paul. You want to have a guy like Paul around. That's who you want around. Somebody that's going to lift you up, not tear you down. And say, oh, my God, we got it going bad here. I don't know. That's not what he did. He talked about Timothy's past and what it is that God had done in him and the Spirit of God when he laid hands on him that came on him. He's calling to his remembrance these encounters that Timothy had had with God. And so he said, consider what I say, and the Lord give you understanding in all things. Now listen to verse 8. Remember. Woo! Everybody say remember. Remember I talked to you about that? Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I also suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. Hallelujah. But look at that next phrase. Woo! But the word of God is not bound. Yeah, they're talking about, you know, this cancer culture and silence in everyone, you know, and you can't speak. That's baloney. Don't tell me you can't speak. The word of God is not bound. You just keep preaching. Huh? They're going to be all kind of folk, you know. They don't agree with what it is that you believe, and that's well and good. That's fine. You can do whatever you want. But, dude, you ain't shot. You ain't quite. You, no, uh-uh. I am not going to shut up. Sembare caprange garasto. Brison grassetete. Nombroco sumelades midi casa. Dombre afrakadish nanan skleteso afradesh epifikidia. Monoste for the separalanaste and elongrastopro and epalangigetasto. For the time is now for the church to arise. It is now for her to rise up and be who she was destined to be. To not be afraid nor to be dismayed. But let the Spirit of God that is in you be the thing that brings about what it is that I'm doing in these last days. For there shall arise within the church men and women who speak the truth in love and bring about a manifestation of my glory in the earth this day. So be of good cheer and rejoice in what it is that God has for you. For the best is yet to come, and the grace of God will rest upon your life. And for those who choose to believe, there will be great grace that rests upon them. Let's lift our hands and praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. For your divine grace. Thank you, Father, for speaking to us. We rejoice in you, Father. Hallelujah. You say, well, I've never had anything like that happen to me before. Well, you have now. <laughs> Amen. You know, the Bible talks about tongues and interpretation of tongues. You say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know nothing about that. It's spooky. Well, you know, let me ask you an important question here real quick before we move on. Did you get edified? I mean, was there something that you were uplifted by in what it is that you just heard? So you may not understand it, but you might want to give consideration to it. And I don't have time to get into the teachings of the nine gifts of the Spirit, but tongues and the interpretation of tongues are two of them that you just witnessed right now. In other words, don't let what was said to you get lost by something that, right? oh, my God, what's going on here? Listen and hear what the Spirit of God said to you. Then you can figure out the rest. Because otherwise, you'll miss the whole deal. You know, I tell you, the devil loves to run interference. 
When something that God is trying to get across to you, he'll come to your reasoning in your mind and he'll attack it so that you miss exactly what it is that was said. Are you with me? Okay. So anyway, Paul said, remember that according to my gospel, Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Look at it with me again. He talked about wherein, wherein uh, I suffer trouble. But verse 10, he says, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Listen to 11. It is a faithful saying, For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. And if we deny him, he also will deny us. Now listen to 13. If we believe not... Yet he abides faithful for or because he cannot deny himself. So why did I read that scripture to you? I read it to you because whether you choose to believe the Bible or not, God is still going to be faithful. Huh? He's asking you and I to believe. Amen. Hallelujah. He's asking you and I to believe. Everybody say it together, I'm a believer. believer. If there's a, well, some way to try to bring this to a close. You know, one of the outstanding characteristics of our Father is is that He's faithful. He's he's faithful. And and the thing of it is, uh, I'll read some scriptures to you. I'll probably put them up on the screen here. But notice what it says here. This is Moses speaking to Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 7. In verse 6 it says, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord your God. Listen, you guys. If you're a born-again believer, you're a holy person unto the Lord your God. He said, Be ye holy because I'm holy. He said, so he says, for you are a holy people unto your God. The Lord thy God has chosen thee to be a special people to himself above all the people that are on the face of the earth. I believe that God plays favorites. How about you? If you're in the kingdom, then the king is in you. And I tell you what, he prays God is looking out for your interests. Everybody say, I'm in good company. Yeah. And it goes on to say, the Lord didn't set his love upon you or choose you because you were more than number, more in number than any people. You were the fewest of all. He did it because the Lord loves you. Amen. He loves you. And it goes on to say, and because he would keep the oath which he swore unto your fathers and that he's brought you out with a mighty hand, redeem you from the house of bondmen and from the hand of the king of Pharaoh. He's, now listen, verse 9. This is what I want to try to get to. Nine. Know therefore. Everybody look at the word right there. What's that first word? What does it want us to do? It wants us to know. Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God. You see all this stuff going on. You think that people are getting by with it. Let me tell you something, you guys. They're not getting by with it. All the corruption and all the things. there, There is a... Um, a reckoning. It's coming. He said, He is God. The, what's that word? The what? Say it again. The faithful God who keeps His covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Well, we're in there somewhere. Huh? And he is faithful. So that's why I say one of the most outstanding characteristics is that you can count on him. There's nobody as faithful as our God. Hallelujah. So, automatically when I say that, people come up and say, well, yeah, but what about? What about this? What about that? What about the other? And I say... Sometimes, I don't know. Well, you're supposed to know you're a preacher. And you, I want an answer. I ain't got one. Huh? You know, I was sitting at that table with my wife, and they were chewing on us. 
I said, man, I don't care what you say. I, I, don't, I don't try to explain everything that goes on in somebody's life and why they believed or didn't believe or why they got healed or why they didn't get healed. But I can tell you this much about it. God is faithful. And that's what I'm going to hang on to. And you can believe whatever you want. Well, you know, sometimes God heals some people and sometimes he don't. Where's that at? I said, where's that at in the Bible? And the reason I bring this up to you is, is because, again, I'm asking you to change the way that you think. Because what happens is, is in other words, don't judge God in the light of someone's experience. Judge him in the light of what he said. Did you get that? Because that's what happens. Hey, they were a good person. I bet they were. Well, you know, they love God. I bet they did. You know, and if anyone should have, it should have been, you know, this is what happens in people's lives. And, and really, I don't, I mean, I, I get it, but on the other hand, I don't know why we're so stirred up, because if, if they're a believer and a child of God and they love Jesus, they just went to heaven. Amen. So they just got their reward. But see, that doesn't satisfy people's human reasoning. You with me? You know, when we get to heaven, we'll probably find a lot of these things out. Huh? And when we get to heaven, maybe it won't matter. You know? We'll just be awestruck by him. How many glad you came today? There's a whole bunch I guess I could talk about, but um, I think it's sufficient. He's spoken to us. And he's endeavored to try to get us to believe him. Amen? Let me just say, you know, if you find yourself in the middle of a storm, you need to realize the Lord's on your side. Huh? Everybody say it. The Lord is on my side. Amen. Here, I'll give you a verse of Scripture. I'll, I'll quote it to you, but you can write it down in your notes. And that's Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. <clears throat> God is our refuge and our strength and an ever-present help in the time of what? What? Trouble. Well, I don't want trouble. Wait, tough. You're going to get it anyway. Say, so, well, I don't want trouble. Well, neither do I. But you know, it's coming. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. Because the God of this world is out to kill, steal, and to destroy. So you're going to take the weaponry and the dominion and the name of Jesus and what it is that God has given to you, and you're going to do something about it. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We're not going to fall victim. We're going to become victors. Are you listening to me? God is our refuge and our strength and an ever-present help in the time of trouble. You know, when Paul and Silas were down in that jail and their feet and their legs and, and uh, legs and feet, yeah, same thing, uh, and arms were in stocks and bonds, huh? God only knows what they had planned for those two men the next day. They'd beat the living daylights out of them, and here they are down in a dungeon, and I don't know whether it was Paul or Silas, but somebody must have said, hey, why don't we strike up a tune? <laughs> Who does that? I tell you, I like Paul. I like this guy. Because he knew that God was an ever-present help in the time of what? Trouble. trouble. The man was in trouble. They were in trouble. And they began to sing. And the Bible says the whole prison heard them. Woo! They probably started singing, how great thou art. Well, maybe not. That wasn't written by then. <clears throat> but they were singing something. And God only knows there's probably others in there and say, I know that song. And they all started singing and there was harmony and who knows. But I'll tell you this much about it. In the midst of their trouble and as they were singing and praising God, I'll tell you what, this right here, man, you talk about weaponry, praising God will set you free. And you know, physically, they were literally set free. I mean, an angel came down there and shook that place. Come on, shook it until everyone's bands were loosed. And the jailkeeper, he's going, my God, I have lost my job. And he said, not only that, you know, you talk about hardcore, 
You screw up there, they just kill you. And that's exactly what he thought. And so, you know, he, he, it's dark. He goes, hey, do yourself no harm. We're all here. And that same guy says, come to my house. And he cleaned them up and got them all. And he said, what, what do I need to do to be saved? And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your house will be saved. And they all got saved that night. And they all got set free. And they all went their way. Isn't that good? Let's everybody stand. Woo! Glory to God. What a Father's Day. Thank you, Lord. Everybody say it together. God is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful to me. Say, God watches over me. And he keeps me. And he causes me to triumph always in Christ Jesus. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because of the greater one, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Glory to God. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me. Hallelujah. Father, we love you this morning, and we thank you for what you've done. And we come before you, Father God, today because, Father, we want to look to you because we want to declare your faithfulness to every generation, to our generation, to our lives, to our families. Hallelujah. And God, again, I want to thank you, Father God, that no weapon formed against the body of Christ shall prosper, that every tongue that would rise up against her in judgment, you will condemn. So, Father God, I thank you for making us people of faith. I thank you, Lord, for helping us to understand the importance of remembering and rehearsing those things which you've done for us in our past. And I thank you, Father God, that just as you did in the past, so you will do today and in our future. So, Father, we roll and repose all of the care onto you today. And we thank you right now, Father, for your giftings, your grace, and your blessing in every one of our lives. We come against, I come against discouragement and despair and fear in this house in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I command you to cease and desist in your maneuver. And I thank you, Father God, for your grace and your blessing upon every home, every life, every individual. I thank you, Lord God, for your mighty power. Glory to God being manifested in Jesus' name. Would you just go ahead and be seated and keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for a moment? While every head is bowed, every eye is closed, those of you even that may be watching by the internet, I want to ask you an important question. And that is, have you ever made a personal decision to receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior? And if you haven't, I want to afford you that opportunity. The Bible says that there's a heaven to gain, a hell to shun. And it says that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you've never asked him to come into your heart to be the Lord of your life, but you'd say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? Because I I can't honestly say that I know him, but I want to. Can I see your hand wherever you might be here in this congregation this morning? And again, those of you that may be watching by internet, if you've never made that decision right now, you can pray this prayer with us and Jesus will come and make his permanent dwelling place in your heart but you have to open the door. He said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. So if any man will let me in, that I will come and I will, you know, commune with him. So again, anyone that's never made Jesus the Lord of their life, there's one, okay, thank you. Anyone else, you've never asked him to come into your heart. We're going to pray a prayer, the whole congregation And I want you to pray the prayer loud enough so that you can hear it, those of you that responded and raised your hand. And I just want you to let your heart agree with what it is that you pray. And God is going to visit you right where you are. 
and make you a new person like you've never been before because he's faithful. Pray this prayer, everyone. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today without reservation. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I ask you to save me today. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness to both forgive me and make me a child of God. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, those of you by internet that may be watching, you know, if you pray that prayer for the first time, we really would love to be able to communicate with you, to, to celebrate and congratulate you on the decision that you made. And so if you would, please, you can go to uh, myfc.info. Uh, There's a place there that you can probably make comments. Let us know about your decision. And then otherwise, if you would, you can also call the church at 712-482-3455. And again, let us know about your decision because we would love to be able to send you some information and material that would help you get started in your walk with the Lord. Now, there was someone that responded here within the congregation.